ಆನೆ So I think, uh, you know, Modi ji came to power, I think, about roughly two months ago. So, I mean, so a lot of people uh, say that probably this is too early and too premature to make a very definitive judgments. Uh, I spent a long time in America and I have done some research on American politics. In America, whether it was John F. Kennedy or during Barack Obama, usually the honeymoon period lasts for about 100 days and sometimes even six months. But here, you know, people are extremely impatient. They don't like to give even one week or even one month to any uh, incoming or incumbent uh, administration. Uh, regarding Professor Susma Yadav, she is a professor of public policy and governance at Indian Institute of Public Administration in Delhi. She has over 30 plus years of uh, teaching and research experience. She also holds a prestigious Dr. B.R. Ambedkar Chair for Social Justice also at IIPA Delhi. And since last November, December of 2013, Professor Susma Yadav has been Pro Vice Chancellor at one of the largest universities in the world in the open university system, Indira Gandhi National Open University. Uh, regarding this particular talk, just a very brief outline. I think uh, this is a new government in many respects. This particular election was historic and landmark in many ways. Uh, we heard a lot about governance. We heard a lot about accountability, about transparency, about visiting, revisiting the Gujarat model. And we also talked about the efficient governance, the delivery system, implementation of progress, etc. And we also heard some of the slogans like Ek Bharat, Srest Bharat, Sabka Saath, Sabka Vikas. And also just a couple of days ago in the famous Redford speech made on 15th August, he described himself as Pradhan Sebak. So I think that means a lot. And also I think he, um, I was just noting in the media the three important things he said. One is like make in India. Basically strengthen the manufacturing sector in India. The number two, zero defect and zero ill effect. Uh, basically uh, asking the youth people, the youth population, which is a huge in developing India's critical sector. And the third one, I think, which is very uh, well taken, Mera kya, uh, mujhe kya. I mean, what I am going to get out of this whole system, okay? So this is a message to the common citizens of India and also to the bureaucracy, to everybody. So what I am going to get out of the whole system. So basically asking the people to develop a more holistic approach and devote full time for the nation's progress and prosperity. Without wasting any more time, so let me again uh, request all of you to give a big round of applause to Professor Susma Yadav. Professor Sosmaji will talk about about 20-25 minutes, thereafter she will take some Q&A. Thank you. Please switch up your mobiles. Thank you, Professor Alam, uh, respected chair of this talk and the HOD, Professor Alam, uh, my very dear faculty colleagues from the Department of Political Science and young ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's a pleasure for me to be here and especially after one sees a hall full like this, one feels like speaking and one feels like talking. Although, as uh, Professor Alam said, and I also yesterday said, I think it's too early to speak on this theme. The theme is catchy because the, the slogan was very catchy. And uh, catchy themes usually attract, especially human minds. But 60 days or a time around that becomes a bit too early to say whether we can be sure of good days ahead. One thing is there that the very theme that was chosen for this slogan, it was a, I think, very innovative idea. And why was it so? Because everyone was feeling frustrated with the things not moving, with the things not getting delivered, with the things not getting people. There were good ideas, there were good uh, programs, there were good acts, 
but nothing was reaching or nothing usually reaches. That is the vein of Indian politics. That it doesn't reach the people. It doesn't reach the ground, grassroots. The people who were there in the party maybe, I don't know whether it is the idea of Modi or somebody else, but people there who were framing policies for the party or framing platforms for the party, somewhere got to the nerves of people that yes, people want some good time. Good time everyone wants. What is a good time? I think if you ask people, you will find variety of definitions. Achidin, what do you mean by that? But everyone likes to have a chidin. And therefore, it caught the mind of the people. But not merely the slogan. Of course, the slogan, had the party lost the elections, everyone would have said like the, you know, earlier, feel good. Feel good never felt good. Either it is the language or it is the time which is important. So I think uh, Achedin caught everyone's mind that maybe something good is there for us, for us, for us. Something good maybe may not be good for all, but there must be something for everyone. So the definition of Achedin has never been done till now. For a political scientist, if you want to look at a party which has just come to power or a prime minister who's just come to power but almost like a presidential election campaign he is run, it's almost like nobody says it's BJP only. Everyone says it's Modi government, Modi government. And a party which always said that we don't believe in hero worship or we don't want a prime minister to be as strong. There is a prime minister who's strong and I think he got votes which he also did not most probably anticipate. The party didn't anticipate. The political analysts or even the political scientists like us did not anticipate that the party or the prime minister will get so much strength. But there were people and there were uh, soothsayers who were saying that either he will come with a full majority or he may not come at all. And you can imagine and you can visualize Modi of those days trying to look very confident but I think very very tense inside because it was a it was an election on his persona it was an election on what all he stood for and it was an election what all he promised to the people of India or promise to the younger generation if you remember it started with Delhi University speech which was very very controversial and with all kind of opposition he could enter the college and there when he started speaking about you can look at this glass it's half full or it's half empty and I think there it caught the young minds and the youth especially of this country was feeling more frustrated because everything bad stands for India you go outside Indians are very good you come to India, your own people start saying, oh my God, we've come back, it's so dirty, it's, you know, so uncivil people. There are, you know, they just don't know what a nation is. And you can yourself imagine. I would say before you, I used to ask people, who are you? You never say, you never get an answer, I am an Indian. You only get this answer outside India. But here we are, everything else except being Indian. I am so and so, I am from this and this place, I am, you know, I belong to this and this group. These are our identities. So, an identity of India. And I think the youth is looking for that identity. An identity of which they can be proud of. So, if Make in India and Made in India, what he says, both become brand names. Indian people are branded. They are very good people. South Asia for a whole, for, whole, for that matter, if you go outside, the workforce which is there, it's mostly Asians and they are doing very well, which means they are good people, but maybe the system makes them not as good here. I won't say bad, but as good here. So what the youth is looking for is, the youth was looking for a system and a leadership which can mean what it says and which can do what they promise. This is the challenge before Modi government. Rest may fall in line. Now let's see what they promised. Because in India you don't even look at party platforms. I am sure 
when we have to speak like prasalam just said sabka saath sabka vikas ek bharat shreshth bharat but we only read when we have to give a lecture or we have to write a paper otherwise if you ask the common people what was there in the party platform or the party manifesto nobody would really know we don't even bother to look at it i have been following the party manifestos for years and years but the common masses only know it through newspapers during the elections after that everyone forgets and the next election nobody even goes back to the previous manifesto but at this juncture i think that is one uh, area which we can look for what do they promise and can they really deliver it and what do they mean by it the party uh, platform starts with vibrant and participatory democracy we usually say in india that there is democracy but democracy in structures not in substance why it is not in substance because people only come to know of what the government is doing and what can they to do to the government at the time of elections when they can either elect or reject rest of the time you just forget that you are a citizen of a democratic country who respects you as a citizen here officials don't respect you for everything you have to get somebody's attestation to prove what you are police does not respect you because they think they are the authority and you are just nobody i don't think they ever bother to treat us as the citizens of a very powerful country or citizens of a democracy you just fear whenever you have to encounter an authority in whatever form maybe it's work maybe it's law maybe it's violation of a law but the respect for a citizen which is the gist for a democracy does not exist in india and i think it's there that this government what it has started doing and started saying was a promise for the youth or was the promise for a common person because powerful people have always been able to get their works done whichever kind of government or system it is but it is the poor people it is the common people if they start feeling empowered i think democracy has a meaning and in a country where till last general elections there were groups of people who had voted only for the first time or who had never voted spoke volumes about a democracy so a vibrant democracy which they really promise to people where you mean a lot where you become respectable by virtue of becoming a citizen of this country or virtue of being citizen of this country is a great promise which the party and the government has to ultimately look into empowered and inspired people the people of india have hardly ever felt empowered being inspired is part of i talked to the groups of senior officers of this country in my capacity of professor at iipa and nobody really feels empowered in any way when we asked them what you want to do they said no panga matle that is our philosophy no panga which means what don't do anything beyond what you are supposed to do and do only minimal which is on the file so that you never get caught afterwards now if officers or the bureaucracy of a country feels like that you can imagine the plight of the people so others just can't think of having any inspiration or feeling empowered anywhere the people can feel empowered when the people are respected by the authorities and by the state structure or state apparatus as it is but what was happening till now is i have had people and people coming to me younger boys and girls who want a certificate of belonging to one community or one group but there is nobody to certify where they belong to because you've not born in delhi because wherever you stayed you get a certificate from there so everywhere who's powerful either a gazetted officer or a people's representative it could be corporator it could be mla it could be mp and you go to them and you know it's not very easy to reach these people so the empowered people can be really important for a vibrant democracy that again is a challenge before this government till now i don't think that people of india have been powerful or have been respected by their representatives the representatives start feeling like bosses and leaders and the bureaucrats start feeling like the big bosses because they are permanently there and nobody can touch them and therefore powerless is only the 
common masses, ordinary citizens of this country, even weak people who are in services, but these services don't carry the authority that is the state authority as it is, so we hardly really matter. And that is how the society has changed that there was one time when the educated class was really respected because of the knowledge that they have, because of the wisdom they are supposed to have. But slowly and gradually the society changed and you start thinking that you can purchase this wisdom, you can purchase this knowledge by paying some fee or some bucks if you have them. And therefore respect doesn't stay there, it's only the power. Power doesn't get respect, power gets the awe. But the power was in the representatives or the officers of this country, which means a very, very minuscule population. And therefore, the people feeling completely uninspired, who won't like to do anything, because doing anything may invite any kind of action which may not be really positive. So you don't want to do, because not doing anything is very easy. And it's very attractive also. Because you can just go on doing the line which is there or be it where you are, do the minimal and continue to draw the maximum. Which happened to the government service in India? You talk to the people, they say, who says we have to work? Once you get into government service, that's why contractualism, public-private partnership are becoming the issues. But government servants are responsible for that. Because once you get into service, you start feeling that now it is your birthright to get your salary and for if you want to do something else or if you are asked to do something else, you may be given more incentives or you may be given more perks. Only then you will be doing. If a government's employed population gets this kind of feeling, that country stops to grow or that country becomes almost static, which had become, I think, largely the issue in India. Inclusive and sustainable development is the other area which the party promised. Inclusion is a word which very few people understand in this country. We've borrowed it, we've been using it, but we've yet to really understand the meaning of it. But in fact it is a society where everyone feels that one is an important part of the whole. That is what inclusive society is. And sustainable development and inclusive development, if a government can ensure, I think Achidin can be completely ensured. Because if you have development which is sustainable, if you have development which takes everyone together and everyone feels developed, then it is surely road to a better life. They've also promised quality life in villages and cities. What has been happening in India? Villages which were supposed to be very nice, quiet living have completely been destroyed. Either they lack amenities, because amenities now you see on televisions. You see every villager has a vision for life and that vision one takes from the media, from the exposure that you are getting. So your good life is not that you get up at 6 and you sleep at 6 and you just do something in your agricultural field and then you come back, eat and be happy and contented. No. You want to have all that you see in good houses. And you want to have that in your place. Otherwise, you leave that village very easily. You want to have good living there also. Because good living everyone wants. Now, how do you have that good living? In villages, when you give them at least the basic amenities there. Because exposure to good living and then known availability of good living can ultimately create frustration. People run from villages, come to cities, live in slums or clusters, do not get what they really looked for, do not get what they imagined they would get and finally they turn into what? Either frustrated people or disillusioned people or then small time criminals or easily they can be converted because Criminal has, again, a very loose definition. Somebody can not be a criminal, even after doing large, huge crimes, and somebody becomes criminal just after a small lapse or a small fault. So, basic amenities in villages has been a huge issue in Indian development stream. I've heard ministers, central and state, fighting over this, that the planning commission sitting there does not understand what we need because you sit in air-conditioned rooms and air-conditioned offices 
and the central minister telling the uh, state minister that you also don't understand look at your dressing style you also wear branded exported things if you are living here you also don't gel with your own people but after all i think good living comes somewhere between these you must understand what a village needs and for that you must understand the village life also what has happened in india maybe i am wrong also you can correct me later usually we have had very fancy programs very fancy ideas and very fancy ideals if you look at a program or plan or a policy it sounds very good but ultimately what reaches people does not remain the same so it may be simple it may be short but it must be worth realization or worth a reality that's what giving basic amenities to villages in india may be the promise i can't really uh, stand for the party and say what it meant but i am interpreting them for good life what does it mean if we want to analyze whether the party or the prime minister wants to really assure or ensure good life or good days for all the people in india flourishing agriculture this is something which has caught my eye and i would like to share with you all all these years i had been seeing the plan development of india and every plan would once go to in industry other time agriculture then they start saying oh no 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 agriculture doesn't show good results as soon so they go back to industry then they again come back to agriculture but a country which is agricultural basically and if that country has to face food crisis or crisis of food i think it's worth being ashamed by all the policy makers also and the planners also or the leadership of the country which means there's something basically very very wrong and i think if you flourish agriculture the farmers will flourish when the farmers will flourish naturally people will surely feel good and have better days in villages which is 70% or 80% of this country's population we have not really catered to the agricultural population in this country and the subsidies which we have given all these years in the name of agriculture have been enjoyed by the powerful elite or the rich people who can really enjoy that there is a very very important requirement and urgent requirement to relook at those kinds of policy and therefore if a government in india says that they would make agriculture flourish they would look into the requirements of the farmers of this country i think that's a promise a sure promise to better times for larger population of india productive youths we always take pride in saying that we have the human resource dividend in this country but mind it if that human resource is not nourished is not really made productive is not really harnessed then that dividend can become complete deficit which is a fear if you do not provide good education to or good skills at least two of them it's only here that you have bas and mas and phds who can who are ready to work for peanuts i was shocked to interview a young man who had phd in political science or public administration and when we asked him what are you doing and he said i do anything anything means what kheti bhi kar leta hu um construction mein bhi kaam kar leta hu mazdoor ki tarah bhi kaam kar leta hu and what do you earn maybe 2000 maybe 1500 maybe 1000 at times so if a phd of a country how many phds we have this in country if you see the population i think it will be very very less but if a phd or an engineer or an mba has to do this then there is something very seriously wrong with our policies and planning and executing them also therefore if we can give the youth the promises or promise promising life if we can give the youth a pride in himself his own society her own society her own being then i think we can surely ensure or assure or are capable of promising some good times or some good living to these people uh, that is something i think very important education does not only mean having degrees and then higher education 
I tell you, I've, I'm, I'm, again, I'm again going to this. I've seen young people and I ask, why do you want to do PhD? Bas mein mohr kuch nahi kar rahe, PhD kar lete hain. Which is sad. Shocking of course, but very sad. Because I told, then what is your age? 25, 26. At 25, 26, you are not earning. And you're just passing time. And you're looking for ways to pass time. Because you'll come from home and say, I'm doing PhD. But you're not sure what you're going to do. I think we must re-look at it. I think 35 years back, when I was like your age, I used to say, I will not do PhD unless I go into college teaching. Because it's useless if I, I work anywhere else. Putting doctor before your name can give you a high for some time. But it doesn't sustain you. It only sustains when you can really do good work. Because when you do PhD just like that for passing time, even the quality of PhD or higher education deteriorates. This is, I am spending more time because it concerns all of us, you and me, because we live in that atmosphere. But if the youth of a country waste time on unproductive pursuits, there can't be anything worse than that in a society. Your parents invest on you. Your parents look for their, their also security in you. But if you while away your time or while away your best time as it is called, then I think good times can't come or can't be ensured. So productively engaging youth is very important for this country's leadership. And this government will have to really seriously work for this. We got an order from the HRD as soon as the new HRD came that within 50 day, 15 days give us a scheme to engage 5 million youth in skilled jobs or skilled works. It can't be a miracle, you know, and, and miracles don't really easily always work. But if we can see at it positively, negatively if we see, say, how can it happen? They don't know what the reality is. But if we look at it positively, then it is the intense desire of the government to look beyond degrees and look beyond the formal education system to streamline the productive engagement of the youth. And that can surely ensure better times. Involved women, I have not been able to understand this. In fact, maybe if somebody understands this, I have not been able to talk to any BJP person, what do they mean by involved women? Because honestly, let me share with you, I also started looking at this manifesto when I had to speak here and I was sure in my mind that yes, I will go there and speak to all of you. So involved women may mean they are involved in decision making, they are involved in uh, uh, lives as it is, they are involved in productive engagements because till now, BJP has an image where the women are given the household work or uh, they are respected when they are at their homes and working and building the next generation as it is they call Matri Shakti. But ultimately, if it is involved women, it may be involvement of all these kinds. And they are trying to give messages by keeping them in different positions, although not very important, but uh, extending it up to external affairs minister, which, is rarely happen which rarely happens in this country. It may mean that, but this is some area where I think they have to be much more clearer about their policy on women or gender-friendly policy. Physical and social infrastructure, which they say has to be robust, India surely lacks in good infrastructure. And I can say that that is because of corruption. Not that plans are not made. Not that money is not spent or invested. Money is invested. And I tell you, whenever you go out, like Nepal is a uh, good friendly country. We went there and you know there were roads made by China and roads made by India because both the greater countries are trying to make inroads there and there was a huge difference in the roads made by China and the roads made by India. Infrastructure would help industry grow. Infrastructure would help commerce grow. And infrastructure would help ultimately the economy boom. And therefore, infrastructure is required. The promise holds good for good for all good days, but we have to see whether they are able to implement it. I'm I'm standing on a very safe wicket at the moment because it's just 60 days. You can't pass a strict judgment on any government in those days. But let's look at it. Innovative and technologically driven society. 
you may have hurt many people. I used to have my own doubts whether e-governance can mean anything in this country. And I still have my doubt because in a country where in far and remote areas and rural areas you do not have power for hours and hours. What do you mean by e-governance? Because computers I have seen are lying in panchayat ghars or in the home of the, of the sarpanch or whosoever holds the power but they don't mean anything for the people. But I have seen in some of the states they have made good use of this technology. I had an occasion to study some of the public service guarantee bills of some of the states and there they used mobiles also because that's also technology. Technology may not only mean uh, the computers or the, or the bigger machines but smaller machines. And if you come to a kiosk of a state government which promises you certain services, they register you and take your mobile number and then you get a call from the same place that your certificate is ready or it has been prepared or it has been dispatched, which means a lot of convenience, a lot of feel good factor that yes, some system is working and I am being answered, I am being replied to, which can be good. And it can be economic, that's what Modi has said on the 15th August. I think uh, now we say Prime Minister Modi uh, has said on 15th August that it must be economic, efficient and surely if it is economic and efficient then it would be less corrupt also because delay always brings corruption. Lack of transparency also brings more corruption or is due to corruption. These have linkages in the systems. They are trying to enter into global economy on competitive basis. So two things, usually we say that Indian goods are not good, they don't hold good international market. So there the Prime Minister addresses on 15th August says that we must stand for quality and defects should not be allowed. So that uh, spirit would take to better days. And second, make in India can surely take us to the economy like China is doing that they make everything and anything and they have almost overshadowed the whole world market, if not economy. If India, which has a much more promising youth dividend, starts working on this, we can surely look forward to better days for the economy and good days for all the people because economy ultimately affects us all. Bran, I hope I have not, not crossed my time, um, Bran India, this is what the youth of this country wanted, that India should not stand for a shabby country, a dirty country, an uncouth, uncivilized country, which has, you know, it come to mean, but India should mean a quality life, a promising youth, a vibrant economy and a vibrant democracy. That's what Bran India should be. And that's where the government is trying to take us to or, or kind of guide us towards that. There are some more things which I'll just mention and then come to. They wanted strong and effective institutions. Not that India does not have institutions, but I don't know what happens. Every institution starts well, but over some years or after some time it goes astray. And everyone starts feeling even this can't work. Even this can't work which is bad for any democratic country. Therefore, it has to be open and transparent system. I usually used to feel and I am more convinced now that only two kinds of people, officers, leaders, both inclusive, which will, you know, matter in making India what it is. Only two kinds of leaders and officers are unaccessible or Un, or they lack transparency or unaccountable. One who is inefficient, the other who is corrupt. And I can say it before all officers also. And you will all agree, if you are efficient and if you are not corrupt, you will meet people. You will come out openly to say what you want to and to tell people what you want from them. Therefore, we have to make a system which promotes such efficient and well-meaning officers. And the recent decisions which we see this in this government, protecting Khimka, protecting Kasni, you know people who have had 40 transfers in 30 years life or 20 years life, 
which means that they were not gelling with the system. A system which makes you what you become after some time because you don't want to take panga with the system. So therefore corruption becomes easy and that's an easy way of life also unless you are caught. Terrifying such people and promoting the well-meaning people or honest and efficient officers can really spell good for the country's system or country's democracy and country's administration. I used to take this word administration to students and officers. What does it mean? What does administration mean? And very few people will be able to spell it rightly or, or, or understand it rightly. Add plus minister, they say, oh, it's like, you know, it's services. It's services, which means what? But usually this time I think what um, Mr. Modi has been able to say that I am the Pradhan Sevak, which is ministers are the nurses of people or serving people. And if you add before that, you add before that add, then it is servant of the servant. The leaders are supposed to be the servants and the administrators are supposed to be the servants of the servants. So doubly civil to the people because they owe their salaries to you, they owe their comforts to you, they owe their lives almost, good living to you. But this kind of understanding was hardly there and the trainings also talk about them in theory but not in practice. I have seen young officers changing. When they join the service they say we will build India, we will do this and we will do that, we will make a good India and a strong India and vibrant India. But after six months field training they completely change, nothing can happen and we can't do this. So this kind of culture which has grown over the years needs to be changed if we really want to build an India which is strong, an India which is vibrant, an India. I had some more literature with me to share with you what are the good times, but I'll just share two things. One is the bureaucratic culture is changing slowly. The very fact that the ministers and the prime minister reaches office at time, dot at time, has been able to put the ministries and the whole bureaucracy into a culture which makes them rush to office in time so that they are not absent or they are not marked absent or they are not seen to be not working. That's good. But second is that the file's timings must be minimized. A file must not take more than seven days if it is ordinary. If that is implemented and executed, a lot of change can happen in this country. Because when you delay the things, which means you want to either obstruct or, or something else to grease the movement. So one is that. And secondly, the very message that we would welcome investment, we would welcome industry, we would help the traders. Let me also share one more thing and with that I will add. Over the years in this country, a culture had come where you start hating trading class, where you start hating business class. Everything that has money, everything that has money associated with it is something immoral or something not good. And state has to curb monopoly which means state has to curb trade. So every trader either corrupt and greases the system and passes through or cannot work. If we change this culture which had happened in some of the states and this I can share with you because this personal experience also which I had studied also that in most of the states you cannot get licenses or permits which you need for industry without going through a rigmarole of corruption, paying money there and here. There are only very few states and very very ground to our chief ministers and Gujarat was one of them where they had a single window clearance and anybody could come and invest money there could have really worked wonders for the industry and the robust health of economy. And finally, what are good days? If a country's youth is assured of security and employment and productivity, if a country's citizens are assured of respect, feeling not completely powerless, empowered comes later, but completely powerless, if a country's officers feel that yes, they can speak out their mind and they can execute good ideas and they can put forth good ideas. If a country's teachers feel secure and they can really work towards wisdom, not merely earning their livelihood and surviving on that and speak out in a fearless manner. And if a country's masses 
feel they are associated with the government, if they are associated with the rulers, they are associated with the powers that be and they can be heard and they can even want changes and want better lives and that is heard by the system. Then I think they, they can be good days and if you are insured of basic amenities of life which have now increased, roti kapda or makan was earlier but now you have education and health also and this country is, this, this government is seriously thinking about social sectors security because social security in India is completely neglected and we at least the educated and serving people have some things to fall back upon but 80% population of this country maybe more than that doesn't have anything to look back when they fall sick or when, when they have some calamity to face if a government can ensure all this till now the feeling has been ensured and there is a feeling among people that yes the government wants to work yes the government wants to change if a society even has the basic amenities which uh, the prime minister said when he said the they will ensure toilets for girls students it's shocking and completely um, unbelievable that till now 60 years of independence and we can't ensure this basic immunity to the students and then we say that we, we are having Sarvshikshabhyan and we are all kinds of policies to enroll students then I think we can look for some good times or some good days as it is called Achyadin can come when you feel that you are able to do what you want to within the legal framework, within the policy framework of this country which doesn't obstruct you but which promotes you towards good things. Prasalam, you invited me and friends, you heard me. Thank you very much. But I think we have some question answers. Thank you, Professor Sosmaji, for a very well-covered, uh, well-analyzed uh, and succinct presentations. Uh, I think she said it all without wasting any more time. I know she is very busy. She has to rush back to Igno, but she has a lot of important responsibilities. So I think we can take a couple of questions, maybe a couple of things from the right and a couple of things from the left. Okay, please. During your lecture, you told about the clash between the planning commission and the secretary of state. And as far as the recent news says, in fact, today also he tweeted in the morning that he wants to replace the planning commission with a new institution. And the most important thing which I saw today in the morning that he wants the citizens of this country to share an idea at my government organization. So, what do you think about this important step considering the fact that when uh, Mahalo when he started the planning and he told about the plan development, do you think his ideas to replace the planning commission with a new institution and to look for alternative ways will yield any results? Thank you. Can we take another one or two together? Yes. Uh, good afternoon, ma'am. Uh, ma'am, uh, uh, you talked about, uh, I, I found your entire talk to be a little more optimistic about all the manifesto and how they might work in the future. But uh, I feel two months are more than enough to at least understand the way they are going to uh, govern in the future. So uh, my question is, uh, when, when you were talking about the definition of Archedin, I think the second question uh, is automatically exactly kiske Archedin aane wala. So I, I believe that uh, the Archedin are only going to be of two, sec two sets. First is the corporate class, second is the RSS people and all the people who support RSS ideology. Uh, because uh, we've seen what the Gujarat model is and it's a, it's a pointless model and it has been criticized from, uh, from all angles actually. And uh, we've also seen uh, from uh, how the RSS is influencing all the BJP policies and they've been, say for example, in coming into the government and influencing the HRD ministry and so on and so forth. So I would just like you to be a little more critical and uh, talk about these things. Take any females any couple of more questions? Yeah, please. Yeah, um, the Modi power which has been so critical since the Modi came, came to power, it has been two months. 
so uh, the news is saying that more than 600 common rights has been occurred in states of uttar pradesh so by the definition what what is a good time what does this mean to the grassroots level it is to what make the people fight together make common rights between hindu and muslims so since within two months we could analyze what had happened in uttar pradesh which won more majority of bjp's so within just two months this is the condition what with five years what good policy are they going to have इंटरनेशनल एजेंसी like we are not like you know submitting proof or something so how can we like let anyone like uh, put his credentials and go for e options because we are not like verifiable just one more question on this round okay just wait yeah uh, and my question is that uh, modi is talking about uh, the development develop of uh, 100 uh, smart cities but uh, in in his last speech on uh, on the occasion of 15 august uh, he was he saying that he was saying that uh, every uh, mla and mp should be developed in one village so how do, uh, it both have it collect just ma'am i would like to ask a second question uh, ma'am the question uh, that i would like to ask in this regard i feel it was not covered your lecture that in terms of internal and external security we see that we have a prime minister here for the second time has appointed someone who has an experience of 37 years in intelligence sojit kumar dupal and the second ips officer so regarding this orientation of appointing someone from the hard intelligence field with experience of serving deep inside the territory of pakistan what do you think this new government's external and internal security policy would focus on thank you i think let us uh, respond to this manjeet sir thank you yeah well let me start with something which i had missed completely which is her question rights and yeah i shouldn't have missed them because when we talk about or analyze a government that remains a very important parameter and on that front i think it's surely completely missing or lacking if you have rights if you have citizens who are completely insecure then it cannot be good times uh, but in a vast country like india i think it's some pockets where this is happening and usually it is said although we do not have uh, very authentic data where they say rights are usually engineered rights don't happen now engineering these rights can be whose work whose hand hand work in fact that will have to be watched and very very carefully curtailed by this government otherwise i can i completely agree with you i don't stand um in any way defending the government because if that happens anywhere the prime minister and the country uh, country's leadership is responsible and if the if the government wants to really ensure good days or good times it has to control such happenings with strong hand and with a good heart also both things are required without and there the answer of your question that communal harmony is important without that you cannot really ensure good days to anyone because in rights who gets hurt you cannot be sure so it is bad for everyone who is around that place and therefore the government has to really ensure that till it happens it can't be sure of good government i did miss that is a critical aspect of it but as uh, the friend here said i am die hard optimistic and i am and i'll analyze things from that angle only because that's the best way to survive also being frustrated and being pessimistic doesn't lead you much way except of course analyzing it better way analysis can be much better if it is more criti- critical and less optimistic surely but otherwise i feel and therefore i completely agree without communal harmony in a country as diverse as india you cannot really believe they have left this uh, samarasta which they used to earlier say and believe this was an rss terminology samajik sohard and samajik samarasta 
which is i think more than inclusion also i do not know why they missed out this time but ultimately any government which wants to succeed in this country and any government which wants to ensure good times to its citizens has to take care of the communal coexistence in a positive way and in a harmonious way and rights have to be curtailed with that idea in mind um who's ache din you said um we cannot really speak much of course rss surely will have good days because it is their government but only good days till the government can function as soon as the government will start failing even rss cannot be sure of good days so the good days are you know not universally applicable and not universally available also it depends on your functioning it depends on your yielding results and it depends on your achieving what you have promised to the people then it continues for some time everyone is saying that corporates are going to have good times but that may also be a feeling as i am optimistic maybe the corporate is feeling as optimistic because no government although most of the government still now has survi- survived on corporates this is not the first government but if they stop there they cannot give good days to all people the best thing is use the corporate taxes for the betterment of other people like he's done that we'll promote public private partnership but we have to have a very critical look at the public private partnership because till now also the corporates have been spending money on social good but you don't know the results so the corporate goods and corporate social good will need to be very critically watched if we do not want completely to make good way for corporate houses only and the government but as he has combined it that we will have public private partnership but also promote good life in villages or adopt villages he has told his mps not to adopt cities because cities can still take care because there are good industries and big industries working and more much more educated people and resident welfare associations which work much more actively he has to combine somewhere so if it is ache good din for the rss and the corporate houses the government can't sustain for long if it has to sustain it has to ensure good days beyond these two classes as you say and it must go to the masses if it has to be good days and they're trying to bridge the gap and bring both of them together you can't even hate corporates and sustain your economy that's not possible but you can't promote them at the cost of others also there has to be a middle way there about planning commission um we've seen planning commission for years and there has been a debate and the mahalanbis model and the planning model came because we were trying to be planned economy as it was required at that time due to the international environment which helped us in promoting capitalism and uh, socialism at one time and planning commission was the i think meeting ground for that now since socialism only is an idea it is not there in practice in fact and if at all it is in practice then it has to be people's planning because in planning commission also we didn't have people's planning it was planners and economists who had ideas of the world economy or brought very good ideas from outside but that may not be completely implemented so i also have my own critique of the planned economy and the planning commission and let's see if this new uh, idea of having people's ideas or people's plans into planning the country's economy maybe that can function better e government and e auction um i am sure they'll bring up system which is full proof and where the credentials of all those who are indulging in these auctions will be required it can't be a country can't work like this otherwise the money launderers will take it all and therefore i have not done it and i have not studied it i can't give you a complete answer on this but all e transactions will either have the pan numbers or will have other unique number which will give their credentials to the government and finally the external and internal security internal security remains as important for us as external security but for external security having good friends around or good neighbors around becomes very very important a very important critique i have the international uh, experts here with me but a critique of uh, indian foreign policy has been we hardly had any friend around us and therefore the initiative by prime minister modi 
of going to the neighboring countries inviting them to his own swearing in ceremony was a good message that and and his and uh, the 15th uh, august speech also says that let's fight poverty together because if we are a sark group as we call it then ending poverty everywhere will be good for the neighbors as well and if they can have a collective effort that like the europe and america is having then maybe we can eliminate poverty in all the sark countries and lead to a better economy and e- economic exchange among their, themselves so a strong nation always feels much more insured and a healthier nation and a vibrant or economically strong nation also becomes a good neighbor i think he is working on that philosophy and if they are able to succeed in that maybe it can be good time for all these our countries so we get couple of minutes any other I quick can. questions another one or two more yeah ma'am you mentioned all the internal constraint to the achitin let's talk about the external constraints so ma'am few days back there was a report that modi government were decided to scrutinize the accounts of green peace green peace their international organization mm-hmm. it has also decided to scrutinize the accounts the foreign funding of these uh, various international organizations so how these international organizations will affect this achitin and how modi will be able to deal with these western funded international organization especially america right. any other quick questions yeah yesterday itself our modi government called off meeting with foreign secretary level with pakistan and don't you think it's a hard decision any other one okay yeah blessing planning commission with another body do you think it's going to change it's going to further deteriorate the federalism or it's going to strengthen federalism okay another question इंटरनेशनल फंडिंग talks um i'll take them uh, together but uh, about federalism and planning commission i think uh, no government now including this present bjp government can adversely affect federalism in this country now because the regions and the regional parties have become very very strong and powerful and uh, i think bjp has remained in periphery so for so long that they can't take on any decisions which will weaken the federal structure of this country planning commission has always been an eyesore in federalism it was never in fact a friendly commission for the federal or the regional parts because you could decide at the center who will get what and there you could even discriminate i hope and wish that they are able to bring out a structure which is more federal in nature then the planning commission also and which is more participatory in real terms in real terms of the country and do not in, in the real terms of the world and do not discriminate on political grounds then we can have a healthier federalism and i'm again very sure you may doubt uh, my optimism but i am sure federalism <coughs> in this country is in a very very healthy state at the moment and no political party has the courage or guts to Uh, weaken it now i come to the international uh, agencies and international pressure or international mind it we are in a transitional world at the moment where the so called big powers are no more the big powers they are all economic powers and their economy is almost in a very very fragile state at the moment and for containing their economy they need markets for sustaining their economy they need markets and markets are with us if we realize this strength of us then we can take on any of the international agencies or any of the wto or such other training trading organizations also let's realize the strength don't succumb to the pressure when the pressure comes immediately let's sustain and stand nobody has nobody would say that now you cannot sign the treaty if we feel there is no other way out but somebody ask you and you sign the treaty fearing that somebody may get angry is not the way a nation should function 
so a strong nation must also give the message of being strong and powerful about the calling of the meeting it may sound harsh to begin with ultimately it may become a much more realistic pragmatic and a friendly gesture and a friendly gesture towards it han ji it will lead to good relations not bad relations i am telling you yes it will not it is the internal pressures within pakistan also please try to understand that it may not be nawaz sharif who's getting hurt it may be somebody else where the hit is and ultimately it may become a much more friendlier gesture from both the states and mail to better results i think uh, this um, because we are already 15 minutes past 12 i think first of all i have to thanks uh, professor susma yadav for her time and for taking out from a very important responsibility and coming to our department of political science in jamia